You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. October 19th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 357 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the PHP language and community. We got the band back together tonight. Um, the whole crew is here, so that's exciting. I'm one of your hosts. Let's let's be real. I'm, I'm the real host, Eric Van Johnson. And we get together every Thursday night. We do our little skit. We do our little thing. We try to make everybody laugh a little bit. Try to give everybody a little insight in what's going on in the PHP world and running a PHP business. This podcast is made better thanks to some sponsors. HoneyBadger.io and PHP Storm, as well as PHP Architect, and our fantastic supporters on Patreon. We're going to talk about all of them in a little bit, but for now, we introduce to you the one and only John Congdon. I was waiting for all the doom and gloom that you had in your tweet. Tom right up. Hello, I didn't see any doom and gloom tweet. What's what's? Uh, it's because you don't pay attention. To- Pay attention to the man, the myth, the legend that is Eric Van Johnson. Yeah, that just gives him <laughs> more power. <laughs> you know, I, I do a little work. I do a little research. I look into things. I try I try to make people read our tweets, get them a little interested. Yes, the stock market crashed this this day. What I forget when it was. 1987. 87, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Black Monday. They called it crazy things, man. Crazy things all together. Tom, hello. Back in back in the great state of Colorado, are you? I am. I am indeed. It's very nice to be back. I unfortunately missed you guys while I was there, but boy, you know. Are you really sorry? Or are you happy you missed us? Like, was it like? I, I'm that sorry. Way? It was really impossible it it was the first trip i've taken without the kids with just me and my wife and it was very nice but we we sure packed it full of of events and i don't think i've ever eaten so much food over a three-day period as i have when i was there cool but a good time at least did have a good time and you know next time Next time I'll see no, you guys. I'm busy. I'm busy next time. You're sorry. busy next yeah. time doing your hair. I'm doing Eric, Eric's current current wife is in Discord, which by the way, discord.phpugly.com. Join us. We have a ton of fun in there and some of the stuff we're talking about tonight was because of our community in Discord. I did share with Eric that his wonderful wife tried to set up a meeting between the three of us. And between your excuses, as she puts it, and my pre-planned outage excuses? where oh, my okay, pre-planned cool. my pre-planned <laughs> activities that i had with my wife excuse me we we did not get together she's not wrong they were excuses yeah she's a, she's a good one she's a keeper i went to the 90s hip-hop throwback 
concert on Friday and had a blast. It was it was a lot of fun. See a little ice cube? We did. Wu Tang was Wu Tang at that one? No Wu Tang. No Wu Tang. I know they mixed it up. I think Wu Tang was in LA at the LA one or something. Yeah. Oh really? No, there's Rob Rob Bass and Lighter Shade of Brown. Came to get down. Warren G. Was was it mostly mostly people our age or Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or our age or older and trying to look like they were our age back when the nineties were the nineties. <laughs> That's what you do. Put on the Jinko pants, the members only jackets. Yeah. It was it was good. <laughs> and then followed that up. So my wife took me to that. That was for me. And then we went to see Brandy Carlisle up in LA for her. So it was a weekend ah, full so you, of concerts. So, so, so you do drive drive up drive up to LA. Good to know. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to know that. I just don't go uh, I don't go that way. That way, because there's nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's nothing the other way. <laughs> I I like how he stretches out his shirt right at that point. Like this is bushy. Yes, Halloween shirt. All right, should we talk about our weeks? Did you have a week, or was it just? I had a bit of a week. I had a bit of a day, just chasing Not down sure. a bug that screwed everything up, and it's it is when you have a bug that really just sinks everything. And it has to get reverted, and you have to work on it again. It is just so frustrating, and you just feel like the worst developer in the world. Yeah. And I'm sure that'll be brought up in my AI assisted ad read later. But today, yeah, today I'm just the worst developer in the world, and it sucks so much. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing more special as a developer. Them getting doing a deployment and then waking up to the next morning to a bunch of emails and Slack messages, and you just know uh, it's because of you. You just know it. And other people having to do work now to fix your problem. It's <laughs> yeah. just it's just so frustrating. Yeah. I, I had that I had the very the same exact situation. Code deployed last week, got reverted, worked on it, tried to fix it, and first thing this morning. It's not working or it's not working in this specific case. And it's like we did so much testing. It's in searching. So if you search for multiple things in the advanced search section, it worked fine because that's what was tested. It was like, we, this needs to work. If you tested just one single field, nope, <laughs> not doesn't work. So, and then on top of that, I I was out midday working remote and I, I get messaged, hey, it doesn't work for, it only works for admins of teams, not for anybody else on the team. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I went and changed two lines to make that work. Get messaged, they, it gets released, get messaged. Now they're saying it doesn't work for anybody. I'm like, that makes no sense. What I, <laughs> what I, what I changed, what I changed for admins would still work for admins, and it should work for everybody. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna be. I'll be home in 30 minutes. I can look at it then. And they're like, it's okay. This can wait. I get home and I, I log into the servers. I'm like, where's my code? So I'm like, did you did you revert my code? Like it's not here. Oh crap! Shoot me now. I only released it to this environment, not to the one that's affected. <laughs> 
<laughs> really, release the fix and no complaints. Okay. My my issue sort of cascaded so that you didn't see that it was an issue till later on. So oh, there were fun. already several people working on it when I got when they realized it was my problem. And yeah. It's always fun when someone's like, Hey, I think your thing caused this bug. Like, I don't see how that's even remotely possible. Oh God. Oh, and now I see I it. <laughs> that, is, that is one of the benefits of working remote. You don't have to walk into the office to that like glare of death. I remember the, when I worked in the enterprise, you'd walk in and like all the developers were like in one area. And whenever one of them released something that broke, you could always tell because like everybody, the moment they walked in, everybody turned their heads and looked at them. <laughs> <laughs> Good man walking. Yeah, it's rough, but so the funny part is somebody on the team for my bug is very pro PHP Stan, or you know is very up on things, and which I love. It's great, but we've started paying more attention to warnings in addition to errors. And last night he was like, "Hey, did you fix this warning?" I'm like, "It's a warning. It's fine. I'll look at it tomorrow." Yeah. That would have solved the issue. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, don't tell him that that, that this was the fix. <laughs> Love you, Andy. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, well, so I had I had quite the week last week, and and even this week, we had. Did I do? Was it last week I did roundtable? Was that the week before? It, Shoot, was, I don't it was Friday. It was Friday last week. It was Friday yeah. I did, did roundtable. Yeah, we yeah. did the developer relations roundtable, which is great. I really didn't know how that one would go because I really didn't know what developer relations people did. I just know I saw them at conferences all the time. And it was a lot more insightful than I had thought it was going to be. And I had some you great had people on there, too. Such a great panel. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Dave Stokes couldn't make it. Unfortunately, Dave Stokes, who's like the one guy I see at every conference I go to, and it was really weird that quilting conference. It was so weird to see him there. But Dave <laughs> Stokes is at every conference, and his internet goes out like an hour before we're supposed to start streaming. But I had Cal, I had Casey Danger, and Danger uh, Casey. Danger Casey, yeah. Tim showed up. Thanks for that, uh, John. Mm-hmm. Steve, fucking Steve was there. Fucking and Steve. it was great, man. It was really great. So, yeah, I had a good time. Then I got I got interviewed this week by our buddy Scott Keck Warren, who's starting a new podcast up, and that was fun. fun talk. We talked about PHP Tech and submitting talks to PHP Tech. So that was fun. I'm actually getting involved with something that I'm really excited about. No, I yeah. kind of, yeah. I So I used to be really, really big into open source, just the, the, the world of open source. And you know, I always had these fantasies of creating a business that was completely built on open source. And, you know, all we ever did was use open source solutions. And yeah, that lasted all oh, about three weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> open source... And the philosophy of open source was a big thing for me. Mentioned working in the enterprise. That's what I was known for, right? I was the open source guy. I I was the one that kept pushing these open source solutions. And to my credit, in my little 
area of the enterprise. I introduced Linux servers, Apache, where we were paying all these crazy, crazy Microsoft fees for servers and their web server, which was a different fee, a licensing fee. And so I got some credit, but back then the CTO just wasn't hearing it. It was the whole, this is too many uncertainties. But anyways, I was really involved. And I used to go to a conference called Southern California Linux Expo Scale. Matter of fact, John and I, one of the first things we did as a couple holding hands, embracing each <laughs> other closely, was go to scale. And we, we, we shared a uh, table that was meant for PHP user groups. And so John and I, man, we even, one of our employees, we actually met one of them there so many years ago. And that's a, that's sort of thing. That's where I got the, my uh, my skateboard. Not, not that scale. It was a different one. Mm-hmm. And so last year, before tech, I'm like, man, I need to slip into scale and see if I can't, you know, find another sponsor or two for tech. So I, mm, I'd driven poaching. over eh, poaching, you know, recruiting. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not really poaching because they've already the people, sponsored that, that conference. And, and, the, <laughs> and the people going to that conference probably aren't going to PHP tech. Right. It's a, it's a very different, different world. Although one, I think, I think we can leverage more. And we may be doing that. So anyways, I knew the person who created that conference or one of the people who created that conference, really nice guy. And I had seen him there when I'd gone, but he was way too busy. I'm like, I'm, yeah, it was over in Pasadena. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother you. I know what it's like to try to run a conference. And, but I wasn't sure if he had seen me and I don't think he remembered me because I had worked with him on some of the earlier scales. Matter of fact, there's still videos out there of me doing my first version of a podcast. I think before a podcast was a podcast where I was interviewing the speakers that were going to be speaking at scale. So I'm like, I, I doubt this guy even remembers me, but I started thinking about it. I got into my own head. I'm like, I'm going to email him in case he saw me. I didn't want him to think I, you know, I didn't recognize him or I was ignoring him. So I sent him a quick email. Say, hey, doubt if you remember me, but you know, saw you at scale, great conference, so happy to see you back in, you know, in person. Blah blah blah. You know, wonderful job. And he sent me this very enthusiastic response. Yes, of course I remember you. It's great. You know, so you know, we started chatting. I'm like, yeah, you know, if you ever curious if you if you ever need some help let me know just, we're always looking for volunteers so i got to talk to the scale people this week and it looks like i'm gonna be doing some work with them as well so i'm, I'm <laughs> actually very excited about this well and, and it's exciting too to get an enthusiastic response that isn't a cease and desist or a restraining order yeah right <laughs> how, how weird is that yeah that's i mean and it was funny. The the first thing the person asked me who was interviewing, not really interviewing me, but talking to me, they were like, where do you live? I'm like, I'm in Southern California and, you know, right outside San Diego. She's, oh my God. She goes, okay, great. That's great. There's not a lot of us left in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. It's a Southern California exposure. I know. I know. I know. Just... <laughs> So they were actually very happy to have somebody in Southern California who you know who was willing to represent 
the Southern California Linux Expo. <laughs> so yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm real. Ha- I'm happy. And just, just you know, kind of talking to that group again. It's like, oh yeah, now I remember you know why this stuff is so much fun, and kind of lose sight of that every now and then. You get. I, I've been so focused on PHP for last 10, 12 years that I, I, I've lost kind of a little bit of my appreciation of everything. I'm, I'm on a Linux desktop and obviously I, a lot of the stuff I run is open source, but it's become so I don't know, second nature to me. I, it's not like, it's not a big deal anymore. Like I don't think mm-hmm. about doing it. I just, mm-hmm. that's just kind of where I gravitate to, but yeah, it was, it was nice. It was good. I, I, I got a little bit of a recharge from that. So I'm kind of, I'm really excited about it. Because you're not stretched too thin as it is. I had, I had, I had some time on my hands. You know, what's <laughs> another conference, right? So, <laughs> happy. <laughs> my wife's going to kill me, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you, and, and Sarah. I think Sarah might kill you too. That's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Tom? I mean, at this rate, you're going to kill yourself. This is this is overexertion easily. Well, that's good because I have I have a nice little insurance policy on my head, so the current wife will be will be well well to do once I pass. I'm sure that's. I just, I just have to have to make it be like a you know, natural causes sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that pays out the most. I I also this week I I purchased a money pit. Right there you here, go. Right here. Uh, Can't quite I, see it. Yeah, it's just, just black box SLA printer. What's an SLA printer? It's the resin based 3D printer. Oh, really? Show me what you show me what you printed. Haven't printed anything yet because I, as much as I know about normal 3D printing, FDM 3D printing, this is an entirely different beast. It's requires so much more work and. You gave up on the 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 other 3D printer. What exactly. makes you think you're gonna stick with this one then? If it's more work, don't think I'll. Well, so it's actually less work to get a print going, but it's the finishing of a print that takes more work. So it's you, you, you have to you have to like curate it or something, right? Yeah, you have to cure it. You have to wash it. You have to do a final cure on it. You can't get any sun on it like while it's printing or anything like that. There's just, you have to, you have to wash it with, sometimes you have to wash it with rubbing alcohol. The stuff I got uses just plain water, but still that's, you have to have a bucket just for that so that you can clean it all out and recycle it and all that stuff. So there's, there's a lot of post-processing you have to deal with, but it does make very, very nice prints. And I think the first thing I'll be printing is, a shell for the flipper zero for the Wi-Fi module ah. because I've got a giant box of clear resin. So we'll see, we'll cool. see what that looks like, but it, it is a money pit right now because I've the list of things I realized I need to buy to do my first print is quite long. <clears throat> well, that was exciting. <laughs> 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 I need to. I'm trying to find something here. Oh, okay. What are you, what are you uh, trying to find? I'll tell you after this commercial break. Where's let's make fun of Tom. Do we have a? Do we have a? Is the honey badger one that Tom is? Yeah, here we go. Yeah. 
folks, Tom Rideout here, and let me tell you, if you think listening to PHP Ugly makes you question my coding skills, you should see my actual code. It's why HoneyBadger.io and I are such a perfect match, like peanut butter and jelly, or me and questionable life decisions. Listen, I don't need more pie charts to tell me how badly I've messed up. I don't want to go through a library of logs, deciphering them like they're the Da Vinci code of my own failures. What I need is Honey Badger, the only monitoring tool that says, Hey Tom, you goofed up right here, and here's how to unfudge it. You see, Honey Badger is the cool professor who tells you where you went wrong, but also helps you get an A in the course. It tells you not just when the sky is falling, but which clouds are actually plummeting. So you can fix errors before your customers even have a chance to mock you on Twitter. And the setup? Oh boy, even I could get it running in less than five minutes, and I still struggle to set my microwave clock. So be your team's knight in shining armor. Go on a free trial with Honey Badger at honeybadger.io. Trust me, it's like having a sensei, but for code and a lot less yelling. See what catastrophes you've been missing and fix them before you become the catastrophe. That's honeybadger.io. Get on it. Now let's get back to getting ugly. Thank you, Honey Badger. Ooh, honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. <laughs> All right. All right. This is what I was looking for here. The best ad read ever. I love that one. That, that one's my favorite. So I said scale 11. So I think we're on scale 20 something now. I, I saw you post it in Trello, right? 21. 21. So that this was actually thing- thanks to thanks to Awoods. He he posted it first. I just added it so it's in our show notes. So this is this is probably I think this is my second or third year. Is that Lex Luthor? Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> look, look at that quality. Look at look at that quality stream right there. Google Plus stories. Yeah. All right. So this- hey, we used to do ours on Google, remember? Back in the day. Good fire this off. I need to turn on the volume. All right. So again, my name is Eric Van Johnson. Eric Van Johnson. Uh, I'm baby. here interviewing George Castro for Scale Eleven. And straight uh, still, still, um, still do the head. We have a tool thing. that does that called Juice. Anyways, yeah, that was, and I think this was like the second or third year. I think I started either Scale Ten. I want to say Scale Ten because I don't think it was Scale Nine. But yeah, that was way back in the day. Oh, I just a, to so, so that was in 2011, right? Scale 11 was 2012, I believe. It, well, no, it would have been it would have been earlier than that because they didn't do scale during the pandemic, right? I can't oh, remember. I can't remember that. Yes. Oh, I I could have looked at the what's the date on the video? Oh, oh that's smart. <laughs> I gotta bring it back. Here we go. This was 2013. It just says, it's just says, yeah, 2013. Yep. Good call. Yep. Well, I, I looked up scale 11X and I see it was February 2013. Because I remember it, the whole thing was turn it up to 11. And I knew you at that point. We, we had started Diego Dev in 2012. Okay. So I was just trying to remember the, that timing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it was funny because I looked at it in, and clearly at my office downtown. Which was a you know very short. I was only there for like a, a year. That was between the Enterprise and Diego Dev. So that's how, that's how I know that wasn't my first one because I think the the first couple I was in my little home office. So yeah, good times, man. I've been trying to do this for a while. I haven't gotten any better at it. It's kind of sad. 
<laughs> Gotten better looking though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, what do we got to talk about? Anything fun? Anything going on? I had some interesting work with Doctrine today. Go on. I we I use Doctrine a little bit. I'm not super fluent in it, but I actually got in there and was trying to use entities, and the the people that really put it in place put in a lot of entities around the tables just as almost like placeholders, getting things ready, but not actually using them. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm building this new functionality. I don't want to use the old active record crap that we're trying to get rid of. I'm going to move into Doctrine Entities, get it working. So when a phone call comes in, I was creating records in a couple different tables successfully, and I was excited about that. Call ended. I needed to update and say, hey, this call ended. Couldn't get it to work. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, I'm not dumb. I don't think, but maybe I am. Tried lots of different ways. And I'm like, okay, it's because it's being done in a worker. I got to restart my workers. Nope, not that. Like, what is going on? Yeah, all of the entities that aren't meant to be used yet were marked read only. Turns out read only doesn't mean you can't insert. It just means you can't update. So you can... If the entity is marked read-only, you can insert it, you can delete it, you just can't update it. Makes perfect sense. I don't understand what could be hard to understand about that at all. Yeah, that was was news to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, proud developer, I'm going to spin my wheels for at least an hour trying to figure out what the hell is going on because there's got to be something stupid that I'm doing. (laughs) And then it got worse because I'm... Somebody said, hey, is it marked read-only? I'm like, oh, yeah, let me go delete that line. I delete the line, and now it's not inserting new records. I'm like, what the hell happened? Doctrine is all annotations, and it turns out you annotate it as an entity and then in parentheses call it read-only. Not thinking, I just deleted the whole line. I'm like, the line makes it read-only, so now it was no longer an entity, and Doctrine just crapped the bed, and like it didn't work. <laughs> what? <laughs> So you annotate so confused. Doctrine's all annotations. So you put a comment above the class this, that says no doctor doctor use annotations. Doctrine. Oh yeah. Doctrine. Oh doctrine. Oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. Yes. Doc- doctrine. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you you first say this is an entity, and then one of the things you can pass into that is say it's read only. I just got rid of that line and then made things way worse. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Let's just remove this right here. Yeah, this line can't be important. <laughs> is that is that this is it, is that this uh, Trello card you put in here? Yeah, that's awesome. So, so read only. Th- this means that the entity marked as read only is never considered for updates. But okay, read only allows to persist new entities of a kind and remove existing ones. They are just not considered for updates. Why? Well, it's read only. I guess you can't update them. Right. And if you look at the top, the this whole page is about performance improvement. So by marking it read-only, it doesn't even have to look to see if anything's updated. It's just like, well, we can just bypass this type of entity as read-only. So you're, you're going to gain that, you know, couple microseconds here and there. Might make sense for some event sourcing solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Wow. Uh, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of how that would help because 
even event sourcing, you're you're I guess you're only writing to a table. Right. You're only writing. You're not you're never updating the entity table. Yeah. Or the event table, sorry. Yeah. Good point there, Tom. Wow, look at yeah. you. Yeah. Coming in firing. I think there's a there's an RC for uh doctrine four now. Have you guys read Correct. anything into uh the new doctrine? No. Not yet. I'm gonna have to look into this. Focusing on getting the PHP eight two first. <laughs> it's been deployed into multiple parts of the the environments, but not widespread, so we can't still can't use PHP eight code. It's like I want to get there. Oh. I, I can't imagine once we're there the the number of PRs that are gonna open to be like, let's get rid of all this boilerplate code and clean this up. So I, I uh I did make some not to change topics on you a little yeah. bit. Go for it. I don't want to lose this thought. I, we're working on PHP Tech 2024. Call for oh, papers. Are currently are still open. doing that? Yeah, yeah. We figured, you know, we put it on Twitter. We figured we'd just go ahead and, and keep keep with it. Why not, right? I'm surprised. Uh, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, let's, uh, let's share this here. Call for papers is open. Go ahead and share the screen. If you come over to speakers, this little button right here. John keeps yelling at me because I keep forgetting when we're closing call for papers because I think we should close it this month, but we're actually closing it next month. Mm-hmm. Got a good good amount of talks submitted. Really happy with what we're seeing. We want more. But we do want more. But Submit I, I made some ideas. updates to – I haven't pushed them live. Because I actually gave John homework, and then he just – proceeded to completely ignore me and not do any of it. Yeah, it's homework. But, would do that. <laughs> I just haven't done it yet. That I, I made some updates to the old the PHP 2023 or I'm sorry, PHP Tech TV, the PHP Tech 2023 videos. We I had a request from somebody who says, hey, I'm interested in purchasing the virtual pass, but I'd like to see what talks are there in maybe a summary of them. I'm like, yeah, you know, that that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you'll, you'll be able to now like see the talks without being logged in. You just won't be able to play them until you log in. And if I can figure it out, I'm going to figure out a way where you can play like 30 seconds, a random 30 seconds of the video. (laughs) I just don't know how to do it yet. I was thinking about it over the week. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool if you weren't logged in, you could still play like a random 30 seconds from, from the talk. We, we, I know, I know we could easily create new snippets through their API. I don't snippets. Yes. I don't know how you could, if you're loading up the, the full thing, I don't think you could limit it, but use the API to generate new, basically new videos of a random 30 seconds. So the homework I gave John, I actually saw that in the documentation. I don't know why that, that didn't occur to me. I should look at that. That's a good, well, good approach. Maybe, maybe tomorrow let's work on, I need to get it set up locally. So I can actually code on it versus doing it live like I did at tech. Yeah, there's a Lando Lando file, I think, in the repo. Just do Lando Lando start and it'll it'll, it'll fire up for you. Oh wait, you don't have Lando installed? No, I think I do actually. Oh, do you? <laughs> I, I think I do. 
All right, you're going to make me prove it. Hang on. Land yep, Lando start. Look at that. There you go. Hit Lando start and then do Lando. I think it's MFS. Migrate MSF. Migrate Seed Factory. Do a in Lando and it'll see the, should see the database. Oh, oh, that's right. I, I've been, I've been importing the database. Yeah. You need to export, do an export and import to get all the correct codes and everything. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll take the homework semi-seriously and might get to it. <laughs> I've been, I got, Going. there's so much, there's so much on our plates. Like there's that. I've been live streaming a little bit more with the running club and absolutely embarrassing myself. Eric and I are, yeah. are in the process of signing a new contract for a small site that we are going to possibly live stream as we do the setup on so, that. That's way cooler. You're kind of, you're kind of burying the lead. Yeah. We, 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 we gave them a discount on the job. If they agreed to let us live code. And our stream, the coding, which which only benefits them too, right? They can actually watch us work on their site, and they they signed off on it. I'm like, wow, I did not see that coming. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bad business decisions, Elon Musk. <laughs> what about Elon Musk? Oh, I'm I'm not sure if you guys heard the news from yesterday, but boy, is he speaker not... of the house? But... <laughs> He's. <laughs> no, oddly enough, nobody's speaker of the house right now, which is another problem. But I, I hope you have all the accounts you want registered on X, because now he's going to charge a dollar for all the new accounts that sign up. What? Yeah. Wow. An experiment that they're running right now in, I believe, New Zealand is one of the places they say that they're going to expand it to the rest of the world, and it's the the only real way to combat the spam bots. Dude, it, God, it reminds me of Bill Gates saying, oh, we, we should charge a penny per email. For email. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and everyone immediately recognized it as the worst idea ever. <laughs> Spammers will spend a dollar. Right. Yeah. Like, mm. once now it's a verified bot, I don't understand it's the whole thing is crazy i i can't imagine what he possibly could have gotten this idea from but yeah twitter if you if you see a comment i, think I know somebody who may have still taken his idea <laughs> <laughs> i i think somebody's like oh a dollar a year let's do that if if you see a comment or want to post something on twitter now and you don't have an account it's going to prompt you for a credit card and you're just going to bounce. You're going to say, I don't care enough to pay money for this. But see, that's the thing. They don't care anymore. Like that platform is so deep that that's all they worry about. We'll just, we'll just market to the people on the platform. We've got, we've got a literal country of people here. Yeah. They, that's, that's the whole thing. They, they just do not care about bringing in new people because everybody, in the world either has a Twitter account and using it or doesn't have a Twitter account and won't use it. And they're, they're fine with that. And there's smarter people that have one and won't use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think the whole thing is, a, is, is crazy. And I, I can't believe somebody can actually do the amount of damage they're doing to a company just single handedly. So 
Apparently his There's- his investors aren't too happy with him either because he he didn't alone buy the platform. He got a loan from a Saudi princes and kings and such. Yeah, Jim. All right, I don't care about that guy anymore. I, we got so many things wrong in this country. Yeah. You know? I, I have on my son's baseball team somebody named Elon, and the, I was I was third base coaching, and my kids were right here in the dugout, and I heard somebody say Elon Musk as I'm trying to corral them, like stay in the dugout, stay in the dugout, stay in the dugout, and I heard that, and. One of them said he invented Tesla. I'm like, Elon Musk didn't invent anything. <laughs> and I'm like arguing with seven-year-olds about Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, he didn't invent anything. Get in the dugout. <laughs> arguing with anyone who's an Elon Musk fan is arguing with seven-year-olds. So <laughs> That's true. All right. But you know what we won't argue about? What? What ID we use. Hello, listener. This is Eric, the host of PHP Ugly, and it's really me, not some AI-generated voice, because I care about you, the listener, and think you deserve a real read of one of our sponsors. And that's what this is. Here at PHP Ugly, we are genuinely excited and happy to have JetBrains PHP Storm as a sponsor. We all use PHP Storm every day, and it makes development easier and fun. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IPE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a professional PHP developer or a hobbyist working on personal side projects, there's never been a better time to check it out, or maybe to check it out again with a slick, clean new UI, blazing fast speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit that's transforming the way you code. Code like a professional. Visit JetBrains today at jetbrains.com forward slash PHP Storm and kick off your 30 day free trial to start coding smarter not harder now back to the show thank you thank, thank you, you storm. storm john you mentioned know. earlier sorry i'm gonna cut you off real fast john mentioned yep. earlier our discord channel at discord.phbugly.com listener in the discord channel brought to my attention a new jet brains product called Raider side, which is, I I I installed it. I have a JetBrains toolbox, so you can just like go there and install things. And from what I gathered, I I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but from what I gathered, it's like a just Markdown. Like it, it it's meant to help you mm-hmm. create documentation, and you don't have to download the standalone app for it. It's also a plugin into PHP Storm. What? Yeah, so you can just install the plugin. There's a nice intro video that kind of starts walking you through some of the niceties of it. But yeah, it's meant to make nicer documentation that you can then export. That's crazy. I, I never even, you know, I, I thought, I'm like, well, PHP Storm already has the ability to do markdown. So I guess this would be for like a PM or somebody who doesn't want like a full-fledged IDE. And I kind of, you know, I, I played with it for about 15 minutes and kind of set it to the side. But yeah, I, what, so what does the plugin do? So again, it, to me, it just like, it looked like it was Markdown. What's, it, the, it, what's the plugin do? I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time in it, but it's, it's Markdown with some extra niceties. I'm not, okay. again, not super versed in it. I didn't, 
I You're... I had the I was starting to watch the the video. I was into it and then got side sidetracked by somebody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I didn't you know what I was it. hoping it, it was going to do, and I looked and it might do it. I just I just didn't find it. We we were we've been talking so much about Postman lately. I'm like, you know what would be cool if this tool would let you import your Postman endpoints and write the documentation for you. Mm-hmm. But it, I, th- I think I think there's it. an open API plugin, but I bet I don't know. But going back to this, one of the cool things that I saw was that I don't know if you can do in, in Markdown. Maybe you can, but it does tabs, so you can. Absolutely. Yeah, so say you're writing up an SDK on how to use it. And then you want to do a, a go, a PHP, a JavaScript tab oh, to show code snippets. Yeah. So it automatically does that. And then you can switch between them. That I thought was pretty cool. Good. I was like, you know what I started using a lot? You and I had talked about it and then kind of abandoned it from a PHP architect perspective standpoint. But I'm like, you know what? I still want to do this. And I ended up spending it on the Raspberry Pi, as a matter of fact, my little Pi behind me, that NTFY, that notification, that open source notifications service. I've been adding NTF notifications to like all my little cron jobs and stuff that have been failing, apparently, and I didn't know about it until I added my little notification that said, hey, if this fails, send me a notification. Basically, All my backup jobs were failing. It, that, don't it, you guys have but, a service that you provide that does that very No, thing? I got shut down years ago. I want to go back to, to JetBrains first. Do before it. You, before you drag us back down there. Another. I heard you. Back down. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> Another thing that came out from, from JetBrains was on PHP Annotated, Brent put out a video. What reminded me was in your ad read, you know, it has PHP Storm in the background doing a bunch of things. And one of the things it was showing was generics in comments. Mm-hmm. And Brent just did a talk. I think it was PHP. No, I forget where it was now. It was basically remote. He did a, a talk for a PHP, for a PHP conference overseas that says PHP generics aren't coming. Right. And he was he released it on PHP annotated and he talked about why PHP will probably never get actual generics in the language. But what I really liked in the video was not just why it's not gonna be in the language, but also explaining how PHP stand and PHP storm complement each other. Where PHP stand is a you know, it's static and anal- static analyzer, but it's in bulk. It does your entire code base at once, where PHP Storm also does static analysis and can help you with generics. And it's more localized on the file real time as you're editing a file, showing you where you're making mistakes, where, mm-hmm. where things may go sideways. So good video. So I, 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 I saw that come out. I haven't watched it yet. Why? I, Sarah, Sarah has just mentioned it in the past saying generic seem like it's such a simple thing to implement, but it gets so complicated. Mm-hmm. Why did he say no? He said there, there are basically three ways to implement it. And one of them is basically 
you create your generics and then as you need it, PHP behind the scenes would basically make a copy of the class. So if you using the classic collection example, I have a collection of posts. You you make this generic collection generic. And then when you say I want a, a post collection, it basically copies that and says, okay, this is for posts. Now you need it for authors. You copy that. Now you have a collection for authors. Now you need it for articles within an issue. Here's your so you're basically copying the code each time. Mm-hmm. There was another version. I it, it, what the, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, because honestly, I, I've never worked in a language that where I, I've used generics. Mm-hmm. But like my understanding of a generic is just saying you 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 basically create like a generic implementation, and you can say, "Hey, for this, it, you know, it, whatever it accepts." Like if it, you know, if it accepts if it accepts a number, it has to return a number. If it accepts a post, it has to return a post. Like, right? I mean, that, that's basically what a generic is. Correct. Okay. But doing but doing it at the language level has a lot of issues. The second way it would be put a lot of burden on future maintainers. Like they would have to change a lot of the code base and the the complexity of maintaining that long term just wasn't worth it. The third way is basically let people put generics in, but erase them before transpiling or, you know, before, before runtime. The, he says the problem with that is it would just be weird that you'd have some things that are enforced like an int and then some Mm -hmm. things that aren't enforced, your generics. So you'd, you'd have to really live in that weird hybrid world and, it doesn't make a lot of sense where because we are because we're not a compiled language. Do we really need it at runtime? He's actually advocating that maybe we don't need type checking long-term at runtime. Like it should all be through static analysis that we do this and you're good to go. Oh, interesting. But okay. I mean, that's, that's, and that's part of the problem with a scripting language though, right? You can't depend that you can't depend on developers doing static analysis of all their code before pushing it. Yeah. So watch the video because there's he they you're right, you can't. There you're just not going to. But to get some of the niceties of generics, you might want to. And if we start steering people to do things a little more correctly you could have an opt-in static static analyzer at the PHP language level instead of having a third party uh, like PHP Stan or Psalm or whatever mm-hmm. else. I mean, those could still so, exist. So it would like it would almost be like a pseudo compile. It wouldn't actually be compiling anything, but it kind of run through the the process of if it was a compiled language, right? And buttery says should be part of your CI. I completely agree. Especially if you're writing greenfield code, everything should be typed as best you can, and then have CI run the highest level PHP stand you can. You know, John's got me hooked on for event sourcing, creating value objects for everything. I hated it. I, I still kind of hate it. Like the the idea of oh, having a value it. object for every inputted value in the application just seems like. Such overkill, but I can't stop doing it now. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> once, you, once you start, 
I do I do like it. And, and it I definitely feel like it's that whole we, we've been writing some articles in PHP Architect that talks about you know it's okay to use a framework, but don't tie yourself to the framework. Like write good code regardless of whether you're using frameworks or not. And I feel like th- th- that's an example, like where I could just use like, you know, standard Laravel validation and be good with it and, you know, grab a request, run some validation on it and move on. I feel like by doing value objects, now I can take that code and put it anywhere. And, you know, it's, I have the value objects now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just feel so much better about the code after I do that. And I hate you for it. <laughs> stop, stop making me a better developer god damn it I, I love our discord community they're they're jumping in talking about the the video that we were just talking about and supplying correct information where i'm spewing out a bunch of garbage <laughs> yeah value objects it, it's one of those things once you start getting used to them it makes so much sense like should i really be passing just a string into something versus a known valid name or address or you know whatever it is and then you you start taking all those things and doing a composite like an address has a street address a city a state a, you know so it's a, a value object of value objects so let me, let me ask you this oh and, and I, that's actually one of the things that i caught myself a temptation i did not do but I caught myself wanting to do early on with value objects is I'm again, being a Laravel developer, I am like, well, okay, I'll just use the validation in the, in the value object. Mm. And then I'm like, well, I'm just making the same mistake, right? I'm, I'm still tying it to the framework. So I op- opted not to do that. Wait, what do you mean? You talking about the Laravel validation versus? Yeah. The, the Laravel say, validation rules. I just created yeah. validation rules. The validation rules are in there. I'm just not using the Laravel validation rules. But let me ask you guys a question because we, I, I, I don't think I've ever said it to you directly, John, but like I have stopped for years now trying to break an address down and like store it into a database as separate columns. I just like, I like to have an address column. And then if I ever have like a weird scenario where I just need the state or something, you know, I, I know of ways to break down the address to get that. But especially with PHP Architect, address, there's like not a universal standard for an address. Not everybody has states. Yeah. Not every, yeah. So I'm like, I just want one field. And I did the, we, we did the same thing when, doing the author's database. I'm like, I just want one property for the address. But, you know, we talked about it. It's like, oh, let's just break it down. How do you guys feel about addresses? Do you like, let's let's stick with databases for now. Do you still ha- go with the whole, you know, a state line column? One, line one, line two, city, state, zip, so country. Can I, and I'm not trying to challenge you on this, but like, when has that been helpful for you? So in the CRM that I manage, it's people want to find all their contacts within a certain zip code or a certain state or a certain city. Mm-hmm. Where trying to then break that out of a full text field is really difficult. 
Well, I mean, for states and cities and even zip codes, you could just do likes, right? I mean, you don't even have to put that out. But that's slow. When you're, when you're talking millions and millions of records, that is way too slow. Yeah. And you've got issues like cities, cities named Paris in different states and countries. Well, I mean, you have that issue anyway. Yeah. Well, no, but you can say Paris, France. Yeah. But if you're, if you're giving them an open input, then you're, you're like, starts getting real messy and searching is the big one yeah. searching okay which is why we i actually use ids for states because even searching on a text string for everyone whose state is california is not great if it's indexed it's not bad that that's where i start to disagree when you start normalizing down to each state you have a state table and then you're indexed to it that is such a pain in the ass to to actually look at a database table and understand what's going on. Yeah. Our, our address is in PHP architect because the people who originally wrote it weren't in the U S don't have the traditional city state zip. It's what a pain, yeah. city province postal code, I think, or Sometimes, something. It, it's just, yeah. it's just different. It's like, I, yeah. I go to do a query. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> but they know, they know that what it means they still fill out the inputs the same i mean it's fine you know the whole thing is like we're sending them a magazine or we're sending them an elephant or something it's like well i hope that gets to them because that that looks like a weird address there i'm not sure what that means but yeah it, and it's like has an umlaut on it does this well there's that and does this country not do cities or do like, right like is it not a city not a like where's that that's the thing that always gets me it's like what's the city like is this a zip code or is this what is this number here i i I go and i i often take their address and i put it into google maps to find out like is this a legit address like trying to figure out how to do it correctly and then you start seeing where people live and you're like oh (laughs) like and then there's one i'm like they gave me an address of an empty corner this is crazy I'm like, when you, then you zoom out a little bit, it's like, oh, there's apartments back here. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different, man. It's so different. It's so much you have to be like aware of. And it's funny. My current wife actually asked me recently, just today or yesterday, one of the people she, that works with her, their, their time is 30 minutes off of ours i'm like yeah they're like places like that that are actually mm-hmm. you know six and a half hours you know the, the time difference that that half hard. time zone is weird yeah, yeah we we, ha- we dealt with a lot of that with india in the enterprise we, we had a you know outs- outsourced place in india and they were i forget what it was like six and a half hours and like that half hour was always weird <laughs> I, and I forget the reasoning behind it. There's some reason. But you guys can keep talking. I want to thank our supporters on Patreon. I hey. got a new uh, John brought to my attention that a couple of names seem to be missing. And so I, I refreshed the list this week. And everybody on here, I didn't add the free tier people. I still haven't <laughs> looked into that. There's still that free tier that I guess I I did read a little bit, and it said that you can share 
it's it's essentially like subscribing on YouTube. It's it's their way of being able to show that they're part of your community and we can like do blog posts and stuff that we just share with the community. I had no idea we were people. doing this. We weren't. So this is something. Oh, Patreon you weren't here last week. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so Patreon about it. <laughs> rolled out. And, and it's, I guess it's not across the whole platform. They, there's, they say they're slowly rolling it out, but our, our account now has a free tier that people can sign up. And then when we release content, we can release it just to our Patreon supporters, including the free people, or we can just really release it to paid mm. uh, Patreon supporters. And uh, you sure you're yeah. not thinking of our OnlyFans? Yeah, no, that we we had to close. They they asked us to close that because it, you know, we weren't bringing any money. <laughs> We're tarnishing their <laughs> reputation. Yeah, exactly. Why why is there one name in yellow? I don't know. It's weird. It's, it just keeps doing it like they're a special person or something. Yeah. <laughs> why it does that? I should actually do my entire family in yellow so we can see. I mean, <laughs> well, I feel like Kaylin's one of my kids. Cut. You could have huh? you could have every, you know family in yellow and employees in blue and <laughs> and then buttery. Yeah, and then buttery <laughs> just gets his own entirely and custom buttery. color. I should have made Buttery's font a little bigger. The guy's been our longest su- supporter on Patreon. Shouldn't say that. He'll go ahead and cancel his account. <laughs> you guys want uh, some PHP stuff? Absolutely. Sure. I was going to talk about some Discord stuff, but go, for, go with PHP. PHP has passed a, a unanimous change, unanimous. a unanimous RFC. We discussed it in the past, the bcrypt cost increase for the 8.4 release. Okay. Was voted 25 to zero voted in. I mean, it makes sense. Machines have gotten faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interesting to me is that the, the winner of what should the cost be was 12, not 11. So it was increasing from 10, I believe. And that's nanoseconds. No, it's the, the cost factor in, it depends on the hardware you run it on. Back when I first started doing this, I actually tried taking time to figure out what, because you can customize what that. You can put whatever meant. you, <laughs> not what the number meant. You can pass whatever cost you want into the, this. The default happens to be 10 now going to 12, but you can increase that. And all it does is make it take longer to check a password. Mm-hmm. So ideally, if you're only checking your password on login, you really should make that even higher, like make it 13, 14. But I did a bunch of runs, this going back, geez, 10 years, trying to figure out how long it would take on the machines I was running on because it, that is all dependent on that, trying to get to like around a second and a half to two seconds to hash a password. Are we going to have to rehash everything? No, it doesn't. If, you're, if you coded it right, it's all automatic. You should be you should be doing So yes, Tom, you will need to rehash everything. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you you should be calling password verify to verify a password. Right. And then you should then you call pass password needs rehash or something like that. And that will tell you does does the hash that you have match your current rules? So all your stuff currently has a cost of 10. If you call once this goes into place, when you call password needs rehash. And the new default is 12, it'll say yes. So you then rehash it with the new with the 12 because you still have their 
current password at that point and you save the new cost. You save the new hash with the new cost. So I am going to have to do some work. What's funny yeah. is as an end user, it frustrates me because when you when you type in the correct password, you're let in right away. But when you don't and you get that little spinny dial, you're like, okay, I know it's the wrong password. I fat fingered that. Just just why are you taking so long? You know it's the wrong password because you know it's not the right password. Yeah. <laughs> this is completely different than that one. <laughs> well, I mean, the classic cartoon of like forgot my password. And like password cannot be current password. Yeah, like, come on. I've had that happen to me. I swear, I swear, I I tried that one. <laughs> yeah. So if you're doing password, I'm sure Laravel already has that built in. Where when it checks your password, it checks if it needs rehash. If you're you if you're calling password verify on your own, you should immediately be calling password needs rehash after that. Yeah, which I'm I know I'm not. I did it because I went from homegrown passwords to actually using password hash and built all that in place. Oh, the good old days. The when a page was a page and had HTML <laughs> and PHP. Now, and- now that that's completely done, I mean it's been done for years at this point. The 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 code used to be the passwords were MD5 hashed, and if you you could pass in the correct password or or the md5 hash so you basically had <laughs> so you basically had a clear text login way so that that's how our admin system could log into any account <laughs> oh boy <laughs> that's like facebook back in the day yeah i guess the the actual code that zuckerberg coded up for passwords you could have whatever your password was or whatever your password was in all uppercase or whatever your password was in all lowercase. Like you had three oh, really? versions <laughs> of your password that you could log in with. And uh, yeah, they, <laughs> I guess I think they were, uh, because back, back then I mean, when Facebook was first starting out, a lot of people, I remember again, when I first started working in the enterprise, there were so many people that always wrote in uppercase. Like everything they wrote was, was an uppercase. I'm like, why do you guys do that? They're always yelling. <laughs> well, speaking of yelling, there's my dogs yelling. I have to go fix that actually, again. Actually, if I go back 15, 20 years, when I was doing my own hashing, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I was trying to be smart and MD5 hash multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I think I was checking on each iteration. So you could almost have like, <laughs> 20 or 30 different things that would work. <laughs> it's like, if you just happen to hit the right hash. You know? yeah. <laughs> God, the stupid things That's we great. did years ago. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. That I, I think back at some of the crazy things. Like, you you prefix it. Like, whatever the password was, you put your little salt in there so that, you know, even they didn't know what the real password was in the database. And Right. Oh, so, my gosh. So, my salt was 16 characters split at eight. So you had your salt and your pepper on both ends. I was so happy. That's when how they, we did when, it. So happy when they had, when password hash finally came out. I mean, it's what was it? Five, seven when it was available. 
Sure. Five four. Yes. I don't know. There, there. I remember there being a shim you could put in place for a long time, so it was official. Okay, we're we're at about an hour eleven. Do we? Anybody want to touch on anything else before we start touching each other? What? So our Discord community is awesome. I I just want to touch on a couple things they shared this week. Bruno, last week Eric and I talked about postman versus other clients and somebody brought up bruno as an option an open source api client and they had great success importing their postman uh, collection directly into this where they tried it into oh, really? http and http failed they said nice. they imported into this perfectly no problem does this have? Have you looked at this? I, I don't. I, I have. I have not. I saw it and threw it on my Trello board, but it's so hard because we already pay for something and then to spend time looking at something else. I just haven't. Well, that, that's like the thing is like I, I. The thing I was looking at HTTP Pi for is team management, right? Like if it was just me, I I would be off. I could easily be off Postman right now. Just seeing what HTTP Pi new GUI did and then these other ones that people are bringing up and that they're open source like i'm like yeah i could easily not use postman but it's the it's the team management like being able to share apis in environments mm-hmm. with the team is so key right now i need that so i'd be curious to see if this has that we we really need to look into some of the other features that postman offers to and start taking advantage of it if we're going to keep paying what we're paying right the yeah. the the mock servers and all that good stuff the other couple things that that came out that was talked about earlier and i can't remember if that was today or yes yesterday looks like it was yesterday was different browsers but i think they are mac slash mac and windows only arc and sigma os as sigma. they look really cool and like I worked on my Mac today when I was working remote, and I'm like, damn, I kind of want to move back to Mac as my daily driver. But Why I haven't done. I just haven't yet. I mean, I have everything set up. I have all my stuff working. I have no interest in going back to Mac. Every time I every time I touch my Mac, I get frustrated. I'm like, really? God damn it. And so I'm happy not being on Mac. But I mean, I could I, if I if I had to, I, I definitely could. I'm not saying I wouldn't be productive. I just I don't really have any interest in yeah. Well, for for me, I keep loading up HTOP, and we have big machines. I got sixty four gigs of memory in my damn machine, and I loaded up HTOP recently, and I had I was using all sixty four gigs and sixteen gigs of swap, and I'm like, what the hell's going? On? What am I doing? Yeah, what are you running? <laughs> like seventeen Chrome windows with a hundred tabs each, four different PHP Storm tabs, or yeah, just. Do you think it'd run better on the? I mean, I don't understand. That, that's like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's one reason uh, not to. <laughs> these are interesting. Yeah, people are always showing me the 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 Vim the the Vim browsers, which you know, yeah, they're all right, but you know, I don't. <laughs> you tell people are always showing you, or you're always showing people. No, I, actually, the Vim browser, I. Played with a couple of Vim browsers before, but yeah, I, I there's there's just too much 
my 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 world is too web focused that I can't risk like a browser that I'm using not being compliant. That's why I kind of stick with the the Chrome yeah. Chromiums, yeah, Firefoxes. I mean, I I run Firefox personally, but for work, I definitely run Chrome because it's it's, it's, it's just the most standard. Yeah, right? it's I'm so hard when you Chrome. start looking at when you start looking at your web analytics and you're trying to decide. Okay, I have this feature. I know it works on Chrome, and then somebody complains about Firefox, and it's like one percent of your users, or less than one percent. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> yeah. Chrome just has such a stronghold. And we ha- we had that happen to us at Tech, right? In, in in PHP Tech TV, and actually Longhorn just had it. Somebody brought it to our attention. I guess Firefox handles uh, SVGs very differently than Chrome does, and Firefox will definitely show you flaws with using an SVG if you don't use it correctly. And Chrome is much more forgiving. And we had it when we did some SVGs. I forget it was on either the tech site or it might have been on tech TV. And then, like you said, Longhorn just had the same thing with our logo, actually. Somebody had brought it to our attention that our logo looked pixelated on the Longhorn website. And, of course, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it looks fine to me. He's like, well, I'm on, I'm on Firefox. I'm like, all right, I fired, opened up Firefox. I'm like, bet you that's an F- SVG issue. And sure enough, that's what I had sent them was an SVG. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I kind of want to get off of Chromium. I'm, I'm getting really before the show today. I was complaining that my Chromium has just crawled to a stop. I mean, Chrome. I actually switched over to Brave, which is all Chromium based, but Chrome, my actual Chrome browser has like slowed to a, a crawl. Tom, you talked, I believe, a little while ago about how Google was making a change to Chrome that would yes. render the extensions for blocking pop-ups blocking know, ads. useless. Yeah. Black, blocking ads. Did they implement this? Because this week or last week, like, all these websites started going crazy on me. Like the graphics weren't yep. generating right. And I had to go in each one. I had to go in and start disabling the ad blocks that I had to get things to render correctly. I'm not sure if that's the change that went live, but there was, there was definitely a change that was something like that. And the ad block stuff is, is getting ridiculous at this point. I don't run ad block in Chrome anymore. So I actually couldn't tell you if it's just, not working oh, really supposed to yeah but the the big change was just that uh, extensions don't get access to pre-rendered versions of the data so ad blocks now have to interact with the dom on page so if they remove a dom element that rendered then it can get like put back by JavaScript or something, or JavaScript can prevent it from being removed yeah. or things like that. So it it's yeah, it's a bummer. But uh, yeah, I turned off I turned off all my ad blocking extensions this week just to see if my experience would get better, and it did as far as the rendering rendering part. But for some reason now, since turning off the ad blocks, everything my my entire Chrome experience has like slowed down so dramatically buttery and discord brings up pie hole. I have a few people who have implemented pie hole com. I believe you have pie hole implemented. I am running pie hole. I, I 
they, I, I keep wanting to go back to it. The only problem I have with that is I don't want, I don't want another jump for DNS. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't want to have to put, put, point all my internal machines to my pie hole for DNS resolution. It's just, why I not? just, cause it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's why it's really fun when the pie hole goes down and you don't realize it. So you're just, some websites work, <laughs> some websites don't because it's cached the DNS record. There's, there's gotta be a, like a 1.1.1.1 that is doing pie hole for you. I bet you Cloudflare has something like that. Cloudflare does have something like that. Does um, it? Cloudflare yeah. DNS? Oh. So you can, you know, Piehole just uses a set of, of rules that that decide which DNS server to look up things on. So you can just point at a number of DNS servers which are designed to do it for you. But Oh, Cloudflare is the 1.1.1.1. Yeah. But it doesn't, but it doesn't do the ad blocking. No, it doesn't. Well, I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any documentation saying it does. Additional options, uh, analytics, a reverse. Yeah, I don't see anything saying ad blocking. Yeah, but so, yeah, I agree so, with you, John. There's, there's, there's got to be a service out there. Buttery mm-hmm. saying, if you're going to do that, just point your router to the pie hole and point your machine. Let your machines auto configure to your router, which is the way it should be. But we all override it to. At least I do. 1.1.1.1. Just because it's easy. 1.1.2.2. And it's fast. I I have all... I just went into my router and pointed it at my pie hole, and it worked fine. Like, well, all you're my, just a better person. All my device. I am. And, and, it, and it doesn't slow down for you at all? You, you no, no slow down? No. In fact, I'm I'm actually doing it a very dumb way and going out and then back in because my pie hole is on an internal network that my smart devices can't access. So my smart devices have to leave the house and then come back through to the pie. Hole. You know, after, after long, my pie hole, <laughs> after Longhorn, John and I are going on a little bit of a road trip. John's going to Dallas and then I'm going on to Oklahoma to visit my mom, who is a notoriously bad internet user. I mean, she's that classic, I'd go to her desk and she'd have like eight toolbars because she clicks on everything. And I keep saying, I want to implement a pie hole in, in the house because she needs it. Maybe that, maybe I'll do that this, this trip. Maybe I'll try to grab a, I'll grab a pie, old raspberry pie and get it installed and take it out there and see if I can get it running. Cause that's how so you just pointed your router to your, to your pie hole. Yeah. I'm not saying that word anymore after pie hole said, yeah. You want me to use your pie hole? <laughs> yeah. Here, here comes the titles. Here comes. <laughs> You're uh, the one that said it. Yeah, I know. I immediately regretted it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know pretty simple setup. <laughs> Tom is pie hole. <laughs> Tom's pie hole. Let's do it. Boy. I don't know if I have a uh, thumbnail creator tonight, but you better. You right. Right. <laughs> not, not only have, have we better, but we we like need to have like you better be awesome the best thumbnails, the best thumbnail ever. Put some, yeah, oh, man, yeah. In, inside joke, instantly, instantly regretting that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, that's it. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the audio podcasts, I think we're going to wrap it up at this point. If you're watching the live stream, you're more than welcome to hang out for the after show. 13. Where we, 13 viewers of the live stream. We were up to like 16 or 18 at one point. It was, it was, yeah. we're pulling in the numbers, baby. We're, we're pulling <laughs> in the numbers. People are going to get that. XQC. Joke. <laughs> all right all right I'm, I'm, i gotta i gotta queue up let me let me queue up the outro before i thank you everyone for watching and hanging out with us you make it worth it you can do all right that's it you missed it last week tom i legitimately couldn't remember how we finished exit ended the show i i was like <laughs> i was running through all the different endings of all the different podcasts like wait what, how do we do this one <laughs> All right, that's it for episode 357. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly, cause it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Web applications. Okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on